Well, naturally, something happens. I mean, you put the vibe out to 30 million chicks, something is going to happen. That's the idea, Raz. That's the attitude. The attitude? Yeah, the attitude dictates that you don't care whether she comes, stays, lays, or prays. I mean, whatever happens, your toes are still tapping. from Z-List Radio. My co-host Chris is on vacation. Earlier today I got to speak to actor-musician Robert Romanus, who um, is best known for his role as Mike Damone on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. He's also in the new movie The Runaways, starring Dakota Fanning and Kristen Stewart. Anyways, check out the interview. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm here with Robert Romanus, who uh, most people know from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but he's been in so much else. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you. Um, let's start. You're, you're so fascinating. Let's start at the beginning of your career and just kind of go chronologically, if that's okay. Right. Because I, I don't think people realize quite your body of work. Um, How old was, I am? <laughs> I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> Let's start um, now with um, Foxes. Was that your first movie? Yeah. Okay, and that was the beginning of... seventy-nine. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Jodie Foster, Terry Curry, and Scott Baio. That's right. Yeah. Um, and Jody you were also... Was 16. You were 16? She was 16 years old in that movie. That was her first... Oh. On screen kiss. Oh, and years old. And it was with you. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. So, so that kind of segues into how did you feel? <laughs> you were also on the Facts of Life. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Now you um, were uh, when you got the part. I can imagine thinking, "Oh, cool! I get to like make out with Lisa Welch or or Nancy McKeon." But then they stick you with Mindy Cohn. <laughs> what was no, that? No, no. The truth is, they. I knew beforehand. Oh, they asked me to, if I would do six shows uh-huh. as her boyfriend, as the guy who deflowers her. Yes, that's the that was the whole thing. So, I said, <laughs> sure. What a cool thing! Even David Letterman talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> that that to me was just so funny. And and so you're on your you're on your way, kind of, to playing the badass. Well, I guess, yeah. Yeah. The guy you like to you like to hate. Yeah. You love to hate. There you go. But then um you moved on um after Foxes came Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right? Oh, uh, yeah. 
right, three which, years later. Which was, oh my gosh, you know, I was a 16-year-old girl when that came out, and you were, I think you were like the heartthrob with all the friends, you know, all the girls just loved you. You were such a badass. Wow. So what what did you, what was it like to, to work on that film? I mean, it was, um, Cameron Crowe wrote it, right? And Amy... Cameron Crowe wrote it. Yeah, Amy Heckerling directed. Amy directed it. And it started, so many people were in it. Jennifer Jason Lee, Phoebe Cates, Sean Penn, um, Eric Stoltz, Forrest Whitaker. That's right, I forgot. He was one of the stones. had a little part, Judge Reinhold. Yeah? Uh, Yeah, it was a big cast. It It was a little like American Graffiti, you know. A lot of those kids went on to have long careers, uh, so did they in fast times, you know. Yeah, it's it's it was huge, and to this day, I think people still follow it. What was that? What was it like filming that? Sh- did you realize at that time it was going to be an epic film? No, no. I mean, it was like it it, it seemed like another uh, you know summer film, mm-hmm. and back then the summer films were you know Porky's or whatever you know, and right. So it just felt like. You know, just another teen exploitation film in a way. But the truth is, the the script was based on truth. Right. It was written out of out of uh, firsthand. You know, he went back to school. Right. Did you know that? Did he? Cameron Crowe enrolled in high school when he was 21 years old <laughs> as a senior. And he wow. hung out with a group of seniors for a whole year and didn't tell them what he was doing. Right. And he wrote Fast Times at the end of that year. That is... So a, a lot of the things that he wrote, like even the five-point plan, were things that these kids actually said. Now, those were some great epic... You had some epic lines there. You had the come, yeah. stay, lay, or pray. You know, you're giving advice to the to the nerd guy. How much of that was improv? Or was, it, was any of it improv? Well, some of it was improv, you know. Uh, I usually like the improv uh, walking in and walking out, <laughs> you know. Right. Like, uh, you know, I'll, I like to put a little tag on a scene if I can, if it's a comedy, you know, uh, or uh, or try to do, have some life walking in. But I try to stay to what the script says pretty much. I paraphrase a lot. Right. They do call me the butcher. But... Uh, but I pretty much try to stay to this. <laughs> well, that's that's cool because um, now you you put on your accent a little bit heavier for Fast Times. Where where is the origin of your accent? I'm from Hartford, Connecticut. Really? Yeah. Oh. And uh, and that was probably yeah that was a little bit of a charactery thing. Right. Not not so unlike me back then. Now, did the girls, did you get laid a lot as a result of the, that movie? In real life? Yes. Well, you know, it uh, it did up my stock, I'll tell you. Shock stock shot up quite a bit. That's that's so cool, and it's so neat because it's it's really it, it really was an epic epic film, and and you had such an important role in it. I think that's that's just awesome. I and, do too. Yeah. Um, so so you moved on from there, and and here's what's the funny thing I think about you is it's not funny. I think this is awesome, but but it seems funny, like odd. <laughs> no 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 not odd. Okay. I think it, 
not a lot of actors move between tribes. Like uh, sometimes they stick with film or sometimes they stick with television, but there's not, you don't see a whole lot of film actors jumping between television roles and movie roles, but you seem to be able to do that and fairly seamlessly too. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I think, I think that says a lot about you because apparently both, you know, everyone likes to work with you. Well, I do. Uh, I do. I do make a lot of friends. You know, people I work with uh, certainly uh, like to have me back. Uh, I'm a nice, positive energy on the set, um, as in life. Right. Um, you know, I do theater too. So. Wow. You know, it's. Uh, I just kind of go for daylight. Right. And I, you know, had I been offered film after film after film, you probably never would have seen me on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> You know, I have to admit. Right, or, or 21 <laughs> Jump didn't. Street. Exactly, I got offered 21 Jump Street. Yeah, now I you... Got, you know, I, I auditioned and got the role, so that's how these things fall into place, you know. That's another yeah. interesting thing, because that was the beginning of Johnny Depp's career. So you, you in fact, were there at a lot of, a lot of, a lot of career starts. Yep. I've seen them all start. <laughs> uh, seriously, I mean, Sean Penn, Johnny Depp. I mean, you, you were there in the beginning for all those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's Absolutely. awesome. That's awesome. And and then you moved on to, um, went back to movies again, then went back to soap operas, The Young and the Restless. Right. Um, and it really is just daylight. You know, look, I have three kids, and, right. and, uh, you know, I mean, most actors don't can't aff- you, you know don't afford their own lifestyle. They they don't just do movies if they want, or don't just do TV. Right. As you see nowadays, you know, you got big stars. You should see the lineup of stars who are doing movie stars who are doing TV. Right. You know, and uh, you know, most people, you know, most people probably would prefer to have a nice film career. Or be on a series, a you know, a Seinfeld or something, and uh, I sure would, but it just wasn't, didn't work for me that way. So you know, when you say I jump back and forth, it wasn't a, a conscious effort to jump into TV, to jump into film. It was, where can I find some work? Right. Oh, I see. But you had the ability to do it, which which really says a lot because because I know some some people are can almost be blacklisted from film and limited to television but but you don't have those restrictions on you which well you know i've always uh i've always kind of done these cool gigs too these kind of interesting jobs you know yeah like like, you know i wasn't on facts of life for eight seasons but i was there for five shows and i deflowered mindy cohen (laughs) everybody remembers (laughs) it wasn't like you know you know what I'm like, trying to say, I guess. Yeah, and I think unbelievably in the in the Mindy Cohn um, episode, she dumped you, didn't she? No. Did oh. She finally, in the end, uh-huh. she may have. Yeah, she sure might have. Yeah, I, I think, don't remember. That was a long time ago. I actually think because <laughs> I went back and watched some clips before talking to oh you, and God. I and I think she actually. You know, you were you were wanting to marry her, and she was like, "No, I can't. I have to finish school." Yeah, I'm sure she wrote that. 
<laughs> yeah, that was real believable. Was like she wouldn't run away with the first her, guy. That was her writing. <laughs> her added notes. <laughs> Too funny. So, um, and then you were in a lot. People don't realize you were you were in Chips. You were you've been on recently Cold Case. Mm-hmm. Um, you were on MacGyver. You've been on Will and Grace. Do people recognize you as the guy who played Damone on Fast Times at Ridgemont High? All the time. Really? All day long. Wow. In fact, it's, you know, they just, they, the movie's in the Library of Congress now. They have raffles at my kid's school where they're raffling off, like, you know, signed this memorabilia from Fast Times. It, it, it 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 goes. I mean, my kids now who are teenagers, their friends are fascinated wow. with fast times. So right. it's, not only is it the people that saw it when it came out, but it keeps hitting these new generations over and over again. It's a favorite on tour buses. You know, music, right. music uh, musicians love it. I mean, it just. It's, it, uh, it was actually on um, TV recently too, on one of the. Oh God! Like encore or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's so on, you know, uh, every, twice a week at least. Yeah. It's amazing the the uh, you know how, uh, how how it's still how 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 long its legs are. It's right. Still running. Amazing. Um, is it weird because you actually did a nude scene in that film? Yeah. Is it is it weird that your kids' friends are watching it? Um, and have basically now seen you naked? Well, no one said anything yet. <laughs> uh, I don't really care. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> um, yeah. so so now you're also a musician. I am. Your, your life seems to involve music. Like um, you, your first involvement in Fox is with, with Cherry Curry, who is with The Runaways. Right. Fast Times at Ridgemont High had this amazingly at the time hip, you know, soundtrack yeah, and all the yeah, all the Pat Benatars and and you were in the Sticks video, um, but you're actually a musician now. Did you ever think about going that route as opposed to the acting route? I'm still going that route. I you're, have a band uh-huh. and I play around Los Angeles and I have like six CDs online that I sell. And uh, I write songs uh, with my partner Steve. We've written tons of songs. I have, I have a couple of songs and a couple small movies. And uh, you know, music was my my first thing I ever did. I started playing drums when I was eight years old. Wow! And and that's why I came out here years ago. I, I wanted to play on the <clears throat> Tonight Show. I wanted to be Doc Severinsen's drummer. <laughs> Since I was about thirteen or fourteen, but uh, and so I was a really good drummer, right? Uh, but that didn't happen, obviously. Yeah. And uh, but I still play, and now I, you know, I've been doing it forever. And and you um, play guitar as well. I play guitar and piano and drums, and uh, if I'm looking in my living room right now, it's got a big stand-up bass, oh. a twelve-string. Two acoustics, a nice drum set, a nice acoustic piano. You play stand-up bass. That is yeah. the coolest instrument ever. I love the stand-up bass. Me too. <laughs> it's Me too. awesome. So what's your band called, Papa's Kitchen? Yeah. And what's the origins of that name? Well, uh, 
you know, my friend Steve and I, who Steve's a musician, a writer, and about 12, 14 years ago, when I was still married, he, we would get together every Tuesday and Friday night mm-hmm. and just write a song. We'd turn on the recording equipment and just sort of uh, almost like psychologically write a song, you know, view out whatever your day was about. And uh, that started when my ex-wife went on, uh, was away for a couple nights, and I invited him over, and we were in my kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. uh, And then we have gotten together every Tuesday and Friday since. Wow. In about 14 years, and maybe a handful we've missed. And uh, in that time, we've really written uh, several albums, several songs, and really brought our music up to, uh, you know, our potential, I think. Um, and I I get to play it in movies once in a while. I get to actually even play in, in The Runaways. I got to play the guitar. Wow. On top of Old Smokey. <laughs> awesome. That is so and cool. I tell Joan Jett that the <laughs> girls don't play electric guitars. <laughs> So you, yeah, that's right. Now you have a role in the Runaways, which, which I wanted to point out that, that you, when your career first started, you worked with Cherry Curry, who was in the Runaways, and now in 2010, you're in a movie that stars Dakota Fanning as Cherry Curry and Kristen Stewart, based on the writings of Cherry Curry. So how? Back in that time. Yeah. Is it is it because um, what what is your tie? Is there a connection there? It must be karmic. <laughs> I couldn't tell you, really, you know. Really? Did did but Sherry Curry thing. come and ask you, you know, hey? I, I never saw her the whole time. Really? Yeah. Oh. I didn't have any scenes with uh, Sherry Curie. I had them all with uh, Kristen, uh, Joan Jett's character. Oh, okay. Okay. And, uh, so. I'm looking forward to seeing that movie. It's supposed to, I hear it's pretty good. Well, you know, it's pretty interesting. It's very artsy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean... You think it's going to be all about Joan Jett, but it's not. It's about really about Cherie Curie and that whole time. It's based on her novel. Right. You know, so you basically get Joan Jett's passion for music and, and her drive and her connection with uh, with Cherie Curie and the whole thing and the runaways. But, you know, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, one of, the, times. one of the reviews I read said it was more about Jerry Curry and the Dakota Fanning um, role, as opposed to right. Joan Jett, who a little flashier. That role is a little flashier than Joan Jett, you know. But my the second time I watched it, I just loved Kristen Stewart. Right. The first time I saw it, Dakota Fanning stole the film for me because it's a very flashy role. Right. She, I really enjoy her work, and uh, and you know, Joan Jett's role is or Kristen's role is is really kind of focused more focused it's not all over the place like the other character not as flashy and the second time i saw the movie i thought wow she's really good wow is there a generation that um doesn't maybe doesn't recognize you from fast times at ridgemont high but perhaps recognizes you for your more recent work uh no (laughs) okay unless you know unless they're under 12. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't done any kids' shows, so really, no. <laughs> now, 
there were some gaps in uh, because I kind of put together a timeline of what you've worked on. And there were some gaps, and I did hear a rumor at one point that you were teaching math. Is there? Yes. I I know you were teaching acting. I read that from your website. Mm -hmm. But were you teaching math? No. Okay, that must be. You want me as your math teacher. (laughs) So Uh, so tell me. I created a program. Uh Here's the deal. When, When I was getting divorced, I have three small children. They were six year old twins and a four year old and uh, I took a job at their school oh. as a teacher and created uh, a program they wanted to do a musical theater program for an arts program at the school and I suggested a film program so I would make uh, I created this whole thing uh, it took a whole you know uh, it started with the first three months and this is for every student from kindergarten through sixth grade. Mm-hmm. The first three months of the year, we work on theater games and exploration, things like that. And they're just kind of ways to get to know themselves and and have fun and get to know each other. And then we make a movie, right? an actual video. They write it, they shoot it, they act in it. We edit it together. And then... Uh, the final three months, we do a live performance of something based on their curriculum, whatever it is they're working on for the year. They can pick one thing, and we'll do a five- or seven-minute song or a skit or something about it. I did that for eight years and uh, until my kids grew up and, and are now in high school. And when they, when they left and went into uh, this other school, that's when I decided... I was getting a little burnt out on teaching. Right. You know, it's a, they may get out at 3 o'clock, but let me tell you, those guys work hard. Right. <laughs> those teachers. And to be around other people's kids all day, that would drive me nuts. <laughs> and you got to have patience. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I really love kids. It, it made me a real advocate for children and everything. But after a while, <clears throat> and in my heart of hearts, I really am an actor and a musician. Uh-huh. So. They got to a certain point, and uh, I said, I think I'll have to try this again. So I did. That's awesome. And the kids get to walk away with with um, some creative skills and and knowing that they were taught by someone who has as much experience as you do. That must well, have been really neat for them. It was all about them. The yeah. class really was all about them. It's, it's, you know, my byline, I think, of my thing for teaching is, you know, every child has a voice. It's my job to help him find it and like it. Oh. That's how I see it. That's you know, sweet. No matter what their personality or whatever, they all have something to say. Yeah. And my job is to help them to like who they are. Right. And and, and feel good about speaking their, their own voice. So I did that for eight years, and when, uh, like I say, you know, I was with my kids five days a week even though I was divorced. Right. So or six to seven days six days a week I'd see them, you know, so worked out good for me. I get to take them to lunch every day, my kids. Wow. And uh you know, it's eight, nine years later and and they are uh, well through the divorce and uh time for me to to have another go at this acting thing. 
There you go. They, you do seem to have a really close relationship with your kids. Very close. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Because a lot, I mean, you, you think about it, you know, a lot of Hollywood families are, you know, full of nannies and people who basically keep the kids. And you're just right there involved with them, which is pretty cool. Well, uh, you know, I guess I've always wanted kids. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a big family, and it was always important to me. And I have my kids. One of my days uh, is Sunday. You know, I have them two days a week, minimum. And uh, and we always have our Sunday dinner. You know, that's something I really enjoy. Oh, that's we great. Sit down and have a nice dinner. That's so, great. Well, tell us about um, the science of cool. That's in post production now, right? Yeah, I, that's a movie that Eric Moyer's doing. He's a guy I know from Pennsylvania who did a movie called uh, Halfway House Christmas. Uh-huh. Now, he's, I don't know when he's planning it. He said he's planning it in, in the middle of the summer, like uh, August. The release? August. No, the actual start of shoot. shoot. Oh, for some yeah. reason I thought it was post-production. Okay. No, there he's in pre-production. And, you know, I... I I don't even know why they post things like that because until it's actually done, right? It's, it's never done. You know what I mean? It has an interesting cast listed. It has Jason Mewes, um, Will Wheaton, and Misha. Right. Sorry. That's okay. And Misha Barton. Right. So, well, that's well. These are all people that he knows, and and he's told me that you know he has commitments from them. And so, you know, he's one, he's one of those little independent hustlers who's trying to put his movie together. And, you know, you get a commitment from one guy, and then you tell another guy, this guy's committed. So that guy commits, and before you know it, you got yourself a nice cast. He says he has his money, you know. So, uh, but, you know, I, I sure ain't spending any money until uh, until I see it. Right, right. But how's The Runaways doing in the box office? Uh, I haven't checked on it, really. Oh, okay. it, it did pretty good in the first couple of weeks. Uh, I think the problem is they... Uh, I hear a lot of complaints that no one can find it. Oh, okay. My family from Hartford, Connecticut had to, you know, uh, it was only playing like on the other end of the state. So they opened it in a few theaters, and then they pull it and open it in a few other theaters. So if, if you just as you heard about it, it would be gone and somewhere else, you know. So I'm not sure. I have a feeling uh, the real life of the Runaways is going to be uh, the after after theater life. Right. Okay. DVD. You know, DVD. Uh, cable. Wow. Uh, is Overseas, that a, they're going to make a lot, I'm sure. Is that a sign of the times, do you think? Because they they really seem to be doing that with a lot of movies lately. Like, for example, Black Dynamite, directed by Scott Sanders. That, that was really hard to find. But it was very popular where they played it. And that just, to me, is just really strange. I don't know what the thinking behind that is, you know. Mm. Uh, mm. It's all marketing, and that's... Mm, you know, none of that makes sense to me. Yeah. Let's talk about um, your your music again, not to jump around, but um, but what what genre would you call yourself? Folk? I call it California pop or, uh, okay. you know, uh, Americana. Right. 
You know, like if you were to hear, uh, you know, we play acoustic rock. Right. And I have, like, we have a show coming up at the Mint, which is in Los Angeles, May 31st, which okay. is a Monday night. Um, and this show, it's a, it's a nice little club, a really nice venue. And uh, and this is just going to be me and Steve. That's awesome. And I'm going to have, I'll have an acoustic guitar and my bass, and I'll play bass on lots of songs. The stand-up and, bass? Yeah. Awesome. Or the, or the electric, I'm not sure yet. Mm. Depends if I like to move around. <laughs> you know, it's true. I mean, you, see, you can't move around with the stand-up, and then if you're singing songs and stuff, it makes it kind of difficult. Right. And I sing maybe out of 11 songs, I sing six. So... Uh, a lot of times I'll opt for the electric bass, you know. Right. So, But anyway, that night it'll just be me and Steve. You know, we've played where he'll have his acoustic guitar. We've had nights when I've had a, a full band of, you know, bass, drums. and uh, so. But basically the core of the band is me and Steve. We're the writers. We put in the two days a week regardless of whatever comes up. And, and it's really our, we are Papa's Kitchen. Right. I have musician friends I've known for years, and I include them all in Papa's Kitchen because once, maybe every few months, I like to have a nice jam at the house. Right. And uh, and these are all my friends I've played with and known for 20 years. And every once in a while, you know, if they're at the show, I'll have them come up and join in on a song or play a little something or, you know. But the thing that never changes is me and Steve. Right. What What is his? Is he a full time musician, like a studio musician, or? No, Steve is a songwriter and a singer and a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> In that order. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, music is therapy, right? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Okay, so um, so what about now, Mojave Phone Booth? That was an interesting role for you. That was. Yeah. Really dark. But I liked that. Really? Well, you know, I liked it because I had something I could sink my teeth into, really, you know. Right. Um, now, Mojave Phone Booth is directed by John Putch. Mm-hmm. John Putch is a good friend of mine. He's uh, Gene Stapleton's son. Oh, okay. And he has been making movies since 8mm. <laughs> and I've been in almost every one of them. Awesome. And now he's, you know, at a point where he's working, shooting like, you know, Cougar Town and off to make a, you know, a movie like American Pie. That was his, you know, right. last one. He did that. And he does that for money. And then we take about $50,000 on average and make a small film with just our friends. Right. And it's, uh, you know, we have uh, a, a manifesto. It's everybody signs it. Everybody gets an equal part of the pie. Right. If there's 20 of us that make this movie, um, then, you know, uh, even the caterer is included and he gets a piece of, an equal piece of the pie. Wow. And everybody is a volunteer, except for the actors may get, you know, a couple hundred a day. Right. But uh, locations are paid for. Um, and, you know, no more lights than you can fit in the trunk of your car. You know, that's the that's what the cinematographer, that's written in the contract. Wow. <laughs> you know, you can't bring anything that you can't fit in your car. 
and Mojave Phone Booth was one of those movies. That was the first one of our movies. That was made for, I want to say, like $39,000, if you I don't know if you saw it. But well, I, I did. I, I try. I watched parts of it on YouTube, right. and um, it it's interesting. First of all, the topic because that that phone booth was just bizarre to begin with. You know, yeah, it was a real thing. And um, the premise, just so everyone knows, is basically it's about. Um, the, the Mojave phone booth, which was a phone booth that was in the middle of nowhere in the Mojave Desert, and people would hike to it or call it or answer it, and um, it for some reason they it's took it down. 15 miles from anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Just this phone booth sitting in the middle of nowhere. Right. And it worked. <laughs> and, you know, and I don't know why they took it down. I Well, I, I think because uh, something like that happened. Yeah. You know, something had happened where they decided they needed to shut it down. Yeah, which which is a bummer. But I, I don't even, well, why did they put it up? Does anybody know that? <laughs> I have no idea. I it's guess probably I... been there since, you know, the very, maybe one of the first phone booths ever. You know? <laughs> well, like, why there? Because it's not like there was ever anything around there, you know? I, I know. You know maybe <laughs> it's, it's a mystery. Anyways, the, the premise of the movie was people whose lives were, somehow connected to this phone booth. And your role, which was interesting, <laughs> was um, of an alcoholic who was basically giving up and wanted to kill himself, so you shot your ear off, and you ended up at this phone booth talking to a woman. A stranger, yeah. Yeah, a complete stranger. The phone was ringing, you answer it. Right. Um, so I tried to commit suicide, only I missed. And only shot my ear off. So, and I, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm not really an alcoholic. I'm doing this because I spend the whole movie trying to convince my ex that we had a good thing, and she doesn't agree. And so I try to put all this film together, right. the tapes of our life together. And in the end, I realize there really wasn't any happy moment. Right. I didn't find any on the film. So that's when I thought I'd take my life. And wow. That, that's pretty deep. And, and I just thought that was so interesting. And they loved it. The indie film business loved yeah, it. Yeah, they sure did. Sundance yeah. loved it. You guys played like Sundance and um, one of we the other. We were all over the country. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things we do. We make the movie and then we have a ball just promoting it. Mm-hmm. We travel everywhere because usually they'll, you know, uh, Palm Beach will fly you in. They'll fly you in and they'll put you up in a hotel and they'll feed you. And all you have to do is go, to, you know, show them your film and talk about it with all these people who come to see your movie. You know, it's not like a fluke. They're there actually. They've read about it. They come to see your movie. They're movie buffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really a fun time. Yeah. And so... That's part of our process. Uh, another movie, Route 30. That's our second film. Oh, okay. And uh, in October, we're going back to do a third film called Route 32, T-O-O. Oh. <laughs> but it will be different characters, just this odd stretch of Route 30 in Pennsylvania that John Putch grew up in. Oh, wow. And he likes to write about it, his childhood. 
That's great. Yeah, it's really fun. And, you know, he knows everybody there, so we get these great places to shoot for free. And, you know, I mean, and and, and now on HD. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't cost much to make a movie, really. Right, right. You know? It's interesting. Gene Stapleton's son would grow up in Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, his father, Bill Putch, uh-huh. was... Uh, Owned a place called the Totem Pole Theater. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. In Pennsylvania, in Chambersburg, there's a very famous musical theater, Summerstock Theater, called uh, the Totem Pole Theater. And John and his mom and his sister and his dad grew up in that little area of Pennsylvania, right in the country. And he ran the playhouse. He owned it. And then... His mom, years you know, years have gone by. He's a young teenager, and his mom gets all in the family. So now they are moving back and forth between Pennsylvania and Beverly Hills. Mm. And his heart was still really in Pennsylvania. I guess he had some good memories, you know. Right. <clears throat> was he in the Amish area? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everything I was... you saw in in. And, well, if you haven't seen it, you should see Route 30. It's a really, really cute, really funny, some really nice uh, stuff in it, and some actors that you would know who are, you know, really good. Uh, Where can someone see that? Because uh, Well, Netflix, I think, is the, that's the first place we've sold it to now. Okay. Uh, so, and let me know if you can. I'll, I'll try and send you out a copy. That would be awesome because I'm not yeah. finding it. Um, anyhow, well, well, thank you so much for your flexibility and for coming on the show and for talking about your life. Um, I think a lot of people are interested in you and would love to know what you're up to. And so hopefully this well, will. There you have it. All right. Thanks I a lot. Appreciate it. All right, well. Thanks for listening to the interview with Robert Romanus. You can check him out. He keeps us up to date on his life. He's got a webpage, robertromanus.com. That's robertromanus, R-O-M-A-N-U-S.com. Check me out at zzzlist.com. Um, or you can give me a call. My number is 310-439-9979. Email editor at zzzlist.com. Thanks for listening. <music> Like to keep it loose and play real hard. Got a song to sing, me and my guitar. There's an open road, gonna take it far. See what we can see, me and my guitar. Six strings and a dream Yeah, we take on anything Sometimes I get wings That the angels bring When I sing Yeah, the blues will come No matter who you are the blackest night Me and my guitar Might not make a dime 
Me and my guitar 